Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Rabbis in the temple, they said you only had to forgive a person three times. So Peter's thinking, you know, I'll double that. Seven times, Lord. And notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, no, Peter, it's not seven times, but seven times 70. Or in other words, multiply 490 times. And Peter's probably thinking, man, you know, who can keep count of that? And Jesus says, now you're getting it. You see, the point is here, Jesus is saying, Peter, forgiveness isn't a matter of mathematics. Forgiveness isn't saying, listen, keep forgiving 487, 488, 489, 490. That's it. No more forgiveness for you. That's not forgiveness. Jesus is saying we should keep on forgiving, forgiving and forgiving your brother until you are in the habit of being patient and forgiving. You see, it's not really the number. It's in Luke chapter 17, verse 3 through 4. Jesus said, take heed to yourselves. If your brother sin against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, get this, saints, seven times in a day, and returns to you seven times in a day, it says, and he repents, you shall forgive him. You see, so we're to keep on forgiving over and over and over again. We are to keep on forgiving. Doesn't that sound like the scriptures? True forgiveness is not a, re- it's not a matter of a number. The Bible says true forgiveness keeps no record of wrongs. You see, so often true forgiveness for us is a scoreboard. You know, and we never get the 487. Uh, I'm not going to forgive you. 490, we'll never get to that number. That's not the point anyway. But see, love keeps no record of wrong and forgiveness keeps no record of wrong. Now, in verse 23 through 35, we just read it. Jesus gives them a story to show the tremendous debt we owe to God and we couldn't pay. And yet he forgives us. You see that? We just read that story. So let me recount it just really quickly. This king decided to call all of his servants. He sent out his collection agents and they came back with a man who owed the king 10 to 15 million dollars, actually 10 to 15 million. This man would have never been able to repay the debt since he couldn't repay the debt. Verse 25 says the master ordered that he and his wife, his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. And at this point, the servant did what we would do. He said, listen, if you would be patient with me, I'll pay you off. I promise. And notice the master was filled with compassion and he does something the man didn't even ask for. He forgave him his debt. He wiped the slate clean and the man owes him nothing. So the same guy goes out 
He sees a man who owes him 17 bucks. 17 bucks, that's enough for a Coke and a bag of popcorn at a movie. Not unless it's the big bag of popcorn, then it'll be $40. But I mean, 17 bucks. This man grabs this guy by the throat. The man begs for mercy, but he took him and put him in jail until he could pay the debt. And when some of the servants heard what happened, they went and they told the same guy who had, who had forgiven this man of this huge debt. And the master called this guy and he said, you wicked servant, I forgave you 15 million bucks because you asked and I had compassion. Why couldn't you show compassion and mercy on this other guy who owed you so little? Why couldn't you show the same forgiveness and compassion that I showed to you? You see, that's what forgiveness is all about. Forgiveness means to cancel the debt. Forgiveness means when you hurt someone or someone hurts you, you choose to forgive them. You cancel that debt. You wipe the slate clean and they don't owe you anything and you release them from the debt. And you never remind them of it again. And this is exactly what Jesus has done for us. Did you know? The Bible says that we sinned, and when we ask for forgiveness, the Lord doesn't remind us of our sin. And that's the point Jesus is making here. If Jesus could forgive us of our debt to him, why can't we forgive and free others? I'm amazed at how many Christians are so unforgiving. Am I the only one noticing this? You know, it's almost like people today are in love with hate. Isn't that true? just in love with our culture is in love with hate we are in love with unforgiveness we're in love with bitterness we're in love with self self yeah we're in love with self listen in order to forgive point number one you got to understand forgiveness is rooted in god's forgiveness one of the chief characteristics of god is forgiveness our god is a God of forgiveness. Amen, saints? He is a God of forgiveness. Psalm 86, verse 5, if you're taking notes, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Psalm 103, verse 3, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases. My favorite, Exodus 34, 6 and 7, the Lord merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness, forgiving iniquity. The word forgive means to send away. It means to send away. Listen, forgiveness is the most basic Christian quality. The most basic. Without forgiveness, we wouldn't have Christianity. Without forgiveness of the Lord, we would be condemned sinners without God, without hope, and doomed to hell. Without the forgiveness of the Lord. And so our forgiveness toward one another should be rooted and planted in the same heart of forgiveness that God has given to you. You see, people, we, we, we've been forgiven much. The Bible says if you've been forgiven much, then you love much. You see, that's why we should be forgiving because we have been forgiven much. I think of my own life, I've been forgiven much. Rodney has been forgiven much over and over and over again, asking God to forgive me, and God forgives and every time. And not only does God forgive, but God cleanses and God cancels the debt. I have sinned against him and I have failed him. And I say, Lord, forgive me. And you know what the interesting thing is? I actually sense 
that I really am forgiven. Do you? I mean, the moment I say, Lord, I, I don't really struggle with that. Maybe some people do. I don't. When, God asks, when I ask God to forgive me, I feel forgiven because I believe his word. Amen, saints? And I believe when he says I'm forgiven, when I ask him, then I do. But now I also go and repent. Now, the word repent means to turn around and go to a different direction. So I don't sin and then go, God, forgive me, and then go back and sin again. Because that's not true repentance. See, true repentance says, Lord, forgive me, and then I don't do it anymore. But God has truly forgiven me. God has truly canceled our debts. And because Christians understand that, we should be some of the most forgiven folks on the planet. But we're often not. You know, C.H. Spurgeon said this, I come to the cross to be forgiven. I stay at the cross to be forgiving. C.S. Lewis said this, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. I love that quote. Well, not only is forgiveness rooted in God, but our second point, forgiveness is essential. Forgiveness is essential. Now, forgiveness is not easy, but forgiveness is essential. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 13. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against you, just as the Lord forgave you, so also you must do. Did you know that forgiveness is essential? It's a command. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says, forgiving one another just as Christ has also forgiven you. You see, it's not easy. Forgiveness is not easy because forgiveness is not natural. Did, did you know that? Forgiveness is not natural. Forgiveness is supernatural. It's a supernatural act that requires supernatural resources or su- supernatural source. You know, I, I, read, I read a recent poll that said 75% of the people who were polled believe that they have been forgiven of God of all their past mistakes and wrongs. But of the 75%, 52% said they extended the same heart of forgiveness that they felt they experienced. Only 52% said that. Why? Because forgiveness is supernatural. Even though it's not easy, it's supernatural and it's possible. And you know, the Bible says, I can do all things, say it with me, I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. So it's supernatural, but it's not impossible. And if you want forgiveness to come your way when you need it, it's essential that you be a forgiving person. And if we don't forgive, that's sin. That's wrong. Our third point, not only is forgiveness essential, but forgiveness is an act of obedience. You see, extending forgiveness isn't an option. It's not a suggestion for your consideration. It's a command of God. It's an act of obedience. We are commanded to forgive. Just do it. Don't wait for warm, fuzzy feelings. You know, some people, I'm waiting for a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling before I forgive. No, if you're waiting for a warm, fuzzy feeling before you forgive, you're never going to forgive. Because remember, it's supernatural. 
So you're, no feeling will come. It's an act of obedience. It's against our nature. So it has to be an act of obedience. You know, almost like love. Love is an act of obedience. Love is not something you have to wait to feel. You have to decide to love. Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. You see, that's an act of obedience. It's, it's against our nature, so we need to just do it. You see, our natural tendency isn't to love. Our natural tendency is not to forgive. We don't want to forgive people. Your natural tendency is to retaliate. Your natural tendency is to get them back. Your natural tendency is to do them in because they did you in. You want to see natural tendencies? Get out there on the 440. You know what happened to me the other day, true story. This guy cuts me off. I'm merging onto the freeway. You know, I'm singing Jesus worship songs. I'm I'm merging onto the freeway. This guy just cuts me off, and and, and he doesn't even think about it. And, And our natural tendencies... You know, I would love to tell you guys that I'm the spiritual guy on the highway. But, I mean, I was just like, I can't believe it. I caught up there. I was like, I'm going to catch this guy. You know, I'm speeding. And I'm going to catch this guy. And, of course, you catch up to him. Then you pass him. And you give him the stare. Isn't it true? You look at him. You give him the bad eye. You know what I mean? And in your mind, you're thinking, you idiot. You know, it's the idiot stare look, you know? And, and, and you give him the stare, and then you pull off. And the thing that I forgot is that I just got a personal license plate that said Pastor Rodney. And I, I'm out of messed up my witness, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, man. But see, forgiveness isn't our natural tendency. You've got to make a choice. You gotta make a choice to forgive. So the next time you're, somebody cuts you off because you now realize that forgiveness is a matter of obedience and not a feeling, you know what? Next time somebody cuts you off, you just pray for him. You just say, Lord, I just ask you to forgive that guy. And Lord, I pray that you would bless them with four flat tires. And Lord, that they would learn not to sin against thee. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. That's what you do. Because forgiveness is an act of obedience. Now, don't miss this from your text. Don't miss this from your text. Forgiveness isn't a feeling, although it is freeing. How so, Rodney? Well, look at it again. The master had a debt to collect on, but he forgave the debt. And what happened? It freed the man. You see that? You see, you say, Rodney, look, you don't understand what what I'm going through. You don't know what these so-called Christians did to me over at that church. Rodney, you don't know what they're saying about me at work or at school. Rodney, you don't know the things that my ex has done to me in court. You don't understand. Yeah, you're right. I don't understand. But I'll tell you this. If you decide to forgive them, you will be free and you will be healed. Amen, saints? Which brings me to my fourth point. Forgiveness is handing off the heartache and holding on to the healing. You see, God wants his people, God wants his forgiven people to be forgiving people. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. We don't have time to look at it this morning, but there Jesus is teaching the model prayer. And he says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
You see, Jesus told us that we ought to pray to him and ask him to forgive us, but that also we are to forgive others. Why? Because listen and listen close. Forgiveness has everything to do with your healing, not necessarily the person. You see, oftentimes we think if we forgive them, then, you know, then, then we set them free and we, you know, they're, they're healed and they're free and they're whole. Listen, forgiveness has everything to do with you, with your healing. Notice in our text, the debtor becomes the creditor. And now later on in the, in, in the, in the verses, he becomes the prisoner. You see that? And that's exactly what happens when you hold on to unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will make you a prisoner. It imprisons you and it destroys you. Unforgiveness does nothing to the person that you're holding the unforgiveness against. You know, someone once said, and I think it's so true, not forgiving someone is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. Now, if you don't get that, you'll get on the way home. It's very true. And so Jesus says, forgive. That's for your well-being. People have told me, Rodney, I can't forgive them. I cannot forgive them. Can I tell you something? You cannot afford not to forgive them. Because remember, the unforgiveness affects you. Unforgiveness is very expensive and it's very costly. And if you don't learn to forgive, what happens to the, what happened to the man in our story will happen to you. Torture, the torturers will come and take you away. What are the torturers, you ask? The torturers of holding unforgiveness is bitterness, anger, frustration, malice, ulcers, high blood pressure. Do you know studies have been done and, and research has been done and linked unforgiveness with cancer? answer? Isn't that amazing? And so people are controlled with, uh, with unforgiveness. You know, I, I read a story in it, and it goes like this. The moment one person wrote this and said, the moment I start hating a man, I become his slave. I cannot enjoy my work anymore because he, he even controls my thoughts. My resentment produces too many stress hormones in my body. I become fatigued, fatigued after only a few hours of work. The man I hate may only live a few miles from my bedroom, but more cruel than any slave driver, he whips my thoughts into such a frenzy that my inner spring mattress becomes my rack of torture. I really must acknowledge I am a slave to every man on whom I pour my wrath of hatred upon. That is so very true. If you're holding bitterness and unforgiveness, hey, hand off the heartache and hold on to the healing. Hey, maybe in your marriage, you want a better relationship with your kids, you've got to hand off the heartache, hold on to the healing. You want better relationships at work, you've got to hand off the heartache and hold on to the healing. Want better relationships at church, you've got to hand off the heartache, hold on to the healing. So very important. And in our last and final point, forgiveness is man's greatest need. Did you know that? Did you know that man's greatest need is not money? Man's greatest need is not success. Man's greatest need is not, you know, wealth and the things of this world. Man's greatest need is forgiveness. Had you ever thought about this? Everything that we see, creation. You know, this pulpit is oak and it's made out of a tree. The sky, the trees, the, the mountains, the birds, the bees, the flowers. Everything that we see costs God nothing. What do you mean? 
because he spoke it in existence. He said, light be and light was. That didn't cost him anything. But us, salvation cost him everything. You see, our salvation cost him everything. And he was willing to pay it with his life to set us free. So it doesn't matter how bad your sin is. It doesn't matter how long you've been sinning. It doesn't matter how much you've been sinning. There is no sin that Jesus can't forgive because he died to set us free. He died that we might have forgiveness. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Forgiveness is our greatest need. You remember the story. They climbed the hill. Golgotha, the place of the skull. There were two thieves, one on, the, one on the right and one on the left. And they both mocked him and they both laughed. And, and in stereo, they said, if you're the son of God, then save yourself and save us. And then all of a sudden, one of them had a change of heart. It's interesting to note when he had that change of heart. When did he have it? When he heard Jesus say the words while hanging on the cross, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. When he heard the words, Father, forgive them, that's when he had a change of heart. Now, it is interesting because the the phrase, Father, forgive them, in the Greek language, is in the present aortist imperative tense. The present aortist active imperative tense, actually, which literally means he didn't say it once, he kept on saying it. Remember, ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking, seek and keep on seeking, the same thing. He kept on asking. So he kept saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And they took his right hand and they they, they put a spike in it. And he said, Father, forgive them. And then he took his left hand, Father, forgive them. And then he took his feet and nailed nailed a nail through his feet. And he said, Father, forgive them. And then they lifted him up and he said, Father, forgive them. And then they jeered and they mocked him. And he said, Father, forgive them. And then they offered him sour wine and he said, Father, forgive them. And then before they, he took his last breath, he said, Father, forgive them. And do you know that Jesus has been saying, Father, forgive them ever since? He ever lives to make intercession for you. He's still saying, Father, forgive them. You see, heaven is filled with murderers and sinners and ex-homosexuals and ex-robbers and, and ex-all kinds of people. Sinners of every description. Heaven is filled with them. Because, Father, forgive them. Because forgiveness is man's greatest need. Someone once said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a savior. And this savior, his name is Jesus. And he came to forgive us and to save us from our sins. And because he forgave us and saved us from our sins, the text simply says, if you've been forgiven much, then how can you hold on to unforgiveness because you have been forgiven saints you have been forgiven maybe you've got bitterness in your mom with your mom or with your dad or with your husband with your wife with your kids with your co-workers whoever they are can I tell you something God has forgiven you much 
If you don't understand it, see me after service. I'll be glad to help you. God has forgiven you much. How dare we not be people who forgive other people? And I'll tell you what, as soon as you start forgiving folks, guess what happened? You'll get happy. Looking all bummed out. Looking like you've been sucking on lemons. Sad and gloomy and bummed. Listen, as soon as you start walking in freedom and forgiveness, hey, they hurt me, but oh well. You know what? I hurt Jesus. Next time you want to hold on forgiveness somebody, just remember, you hurt him. And he died for you when you were still hurting him. Man, we can't be people that hold on to forgiveness because it'll eat you up. It'll destroy you. Hmm. Forgiveness is, first of all, rooted in, in the fact that God has forgiven us. Secondly, forgiveness is essential. Thirdly, it's an act of obedience. Fourthly, you got to hand off the heartache and hold on to the healing. And then man's greatest need is forgiveness. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.